TikTok surpasses 1 billion downloads. It's Monday, March 4th, 2019. That's what's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 353 of Brave Ad World. New consumers. New media. New strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 353 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert and not a whole lot to get into this week, but we do have a pretty big story coming from the app that is like it's kind of a hip and cool thing right now. All right, so let's talk about TikTok. So TikTok, formerly known as Musical.ly and acquired by Chinese-based company ByteDance, has crossed a pretty major milestone. The platform has been downloaded more than 1 billion times by users around the world. January alone actually brought in 71 million new users, according to an estimate by Sensor Tower. ByteDance, they have not confirmed the numbers, and downloads do not equate to active users, so certainly some caveats there. But these numbers certainly show that the app's number three ranking in the App Store shows no sign of going away anytime soon. Now, obviously, one billion isn't the billions of users seen by Facebook and YouTube, but the stat shows just how big of a player TikTok is about to become. TikTok's been on Facebook's radar for some time, which Facebook even went so far as to create a clone of the app called Lasso, which launched last November. Now, Lasso, unsurprisingly, hasn't seen anywhere near the success of TikTok, and the fact that Facebook tried to copy TikTok shows just how concerned it is with TikTok's meteoric growth, especially with the teen market. Now, that's the rosy side of the story. TikTok certainly has some issues, and those uh, TikTok not TikTok. Uh, TikTok certainly has some issues, and those came out this week in pretty full force. So TikTok, they're going to have to pay $5.7 million to the FTC for a penalty that was actually imposed on Musical.ly, which, like I said, that was acquired by TikTok. The fine is being imposed because Musical.ly collected the personal information of children under 13 without parental consent. That is a violation of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Copa. Uh, this this week, TikTok they took action by suspending accounts it believed belonged to underage users, which that actually led to a different problem. Many of TikTok's adult users they actually submitted fake birthdays when creating their accounts because why not? And that meant that they were actually locked out. And they took to Twitter to air their frustrations to TikTok. So TikTok actually locked out their users who were old enough to be using the platform. So what TikTok did is they asked those users to submit government-issued IDs to restore their accounts, to which users justifiably said was also a bit of an overstep when it comes to the collection of personal information. So a major week this week for TikTok in terms of users and downloads, but they clearly have a lot of things to figure out as they're growing up. And unfortunately for ByteDance, which like I said, acquired Musical.ly, they Musical.ly didn't exactly comply with COPA. So now TikTok is paying the price 
for that, and they're not paying it all that well. All right, that is it for the week's main story. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. So Pinterest and YouTube, they're taking steps to limit the reach of anti-vaccination propaganda. Now, when you type vaccination or anti-vax into the search bar on Pinterest, nothing shows up. Pinterest is actually the first big social network to disable searches related to the anti-vax movement or anti-vax misinformation movement, I'll add, uh, YouTube has disabled the ability for anti-vax content to be monetized. So now any channels promoting anti-vax beliefs, they're going to be unable to run ads as they violate YouTube's policy of prohibiting monetization for dangerous and harmful content. So two big players online uh, limiting the reach of anti-vax misinformation. Instagram has added code to its app for collections. This is a feature that lets users organize posts that they've saved into categories. Now, up until this point, that saved content was for the user only. This new code, though, once enabled, it would allow users to share their saved posts with others as well as add the ability for others to add posts to collections created by other users. So the move would kind of be Instagram's answer to Pinterest uh, in many ways. Nothing has been announced at this time, but the fact that code has been discovered for the feature, that means we may be able to expect an update to collections soon. Few companies have pivoted quite like Foursquare, and that pivot continues. Foursquare just announced attribution powered by Foursquare. So what this is, this is a new offline sales attribution attribution tool that's meant to measure foot traffic generated by any digital ad. The tool comes uses a 1.3 million Foursquare panel of users who have volunteered to share their share their locations with Foursquare as well as US census information. Marketers can measure their campaign performance at driving foot traffic for specific demographics and then compare test groups and control groups. Snap CEO Evan Spiegel, he announced that Snapchat's much-anticipated redesigned Android app is going to be fully rolled out by the end of the year. So Snapchat's current Android app offering, it does not work as it should, uh, which, which has led to slower user growth for the platform. The redesigned app is especially targeted to international markets where Android is more prevalent. And once it rolls out, it may be Snapchat's big move in terms of driving some of that user growth. AT&T's acquisition of Time Warner took another step forward when the Justice Department here in the U.S. failed to convince the courts to block the $85 billion acquisition. Facebook CFO revealed that the Clear History feature announced by Facebook in 2018 will be launched this year. So this tool it's going to let users see information about their interactions with apps and websites and then choose to delete that information from Facebook. So the tool gives users greater control over personal information, but for advertisers, it's going to come at the cost of diminished targeting capabilities on the Facebook platform. So plan accordingly. LinkedIn has updated LinkedIn jobs with a new insights with new insights called jobs where you can make more money. The goal of the insight is to do exactly what it says. It's to show users jobs that could lead to a raise based on their current positions. This week, Facebook unveiled Facebook Showcase. So this is a new premium ad product for Facebook Watch. The goal is to give TV ad buyers something more comparable on Facebook to what they buy on TV. Showcase offers in-stream reserve. This is an option for placements to be bought in advance at fixed costs on some of Facebook Watch's most popular shows. There's also in-stream reserve categories, which 
These offer the same options for advertisers, but but spread across a range of relevant content versus specific shows. Lastly, it offers sponsorships to give advertisers the ability to, to be the exclusive sponsor of certain shows. And lastly, in response to its latest brand safety issues around children in videos, YouTube laid out a new policy that will disable comments on videos featuring minors. Some creators will be exempt from the policy, but they'll be required to moderate their own comments and remove predatory posts. Along with this, YouTube is speeding up the development of a new classifier that will be able to identify and remove double the amount of predatory comments compared to its current classifier. So this is all, all seems to be moving in the right direction, but there are a few questions around YouTube's move. First, how does it identify content featuring mi- minors? And second, how will it determine which videos are exempt and which are not? All right. That is it for episode 353 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I want to hear from you. Send questions, comments. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T Wigert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also find my personal thoughts and insight on marketing at braveadworld.com. Occasionally, at least. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.